Hello and welcome to the Power by Rock podcast where we're speaking with Lee from the British punk band Monkey Mind along with bassist Michael Olga and drummer Martin Payton. These guys form a punk trio that will have you blasting back to the early days of pop punk breaking out. We'll dig into the music and more right after this. You're listening to the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. The Powered by Rock podcast was created to help showcase some of the best rock musicians in the world and to pass on to future generations the rock music that has inspired rock fans around the world for decades. We want listeners to be able to hear great stories and life experiences directly from their favorite artists, as well as dig deeper into music theory and talk rock like no other show you've ever heard. This isn't about looking cool. It's about getting real and having a great time. Without further ado, let's start the show. All right. Hello and welcome to the Power by Rock podcast. I am pumped today to bring Lee from Monkey Mind on the show and talk about these guys and their music. I've been kind of texting back and forth with you and emailing back and forth with you for a while. So it's good to finally get to meet you and talk to you. Um, it's a lot of fun to discover new music and new bands, especially ones that are halfway across the world. These Brit punks have been putting in their dues with other bands for years, and now they've come together to combine forces and make great music together. So, hey, Lee, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's good to have you here. So let's we'll talk a little bit about this because you guys have been, you've been playing, I think it was Crashed Out you've been in for like, a long time right so maybe 20 years something like that 20 25 years and michael uh olga as, as, as people say he's been in toy dolls for i mean probably longer than i've been alive even for a long long time yeah. so how have you guys how did you guys kind of decide that you know you guys were gonna mix it up and start a new band together or did you have to drop the other projects how did that all come together well um i got the i mean like i say i've been playing crushed out since i was a kid like 14 yeah. 15 year old you know um and I got through crashed out through gigging with local bands. I got to know a band called the Angelic Upstarts. Are you familiar with those? I am not. No, I haven't heard of them. I mean, they're a, they're a great local band. Um, and they, I kind of joined them in, on guitar at one point. And um, that's what gave us uh, exposure to the bigger stages and playing abroad, you know, across Europe and things like that. Um, and they were good friends with the Toy Dolls. So I, I eventually uh, got to meet Olga and meeting him for me was like he was like a big rock star you know and yeah. um i was just blown away to actually meet the guy and got got the norm and found out he was you know really friendly and willing to swap numbers and keep in touch and you know we just stayed in some in touch ever since and uh eventually i've i plucked up the courage to send him my demos because i've been talking about doing this side project for for most of my life to be honest yeah. but it just never had the time you know and just never took the time to actually sit down and write the songs and and go ahead with it but all that seemed interested and i sent them the demos and he went right i'm on board let's give us a try cool so do you guys are you still committed to the other bands are you still playing in them or is it just something that like because of the pandemic and stuff nobody could play anything so you're like now's a good time to try something new no i was still committed i mean i'll always be in crashed out it's uh yeah. it's a band that formed when i was with a kid you know and yeah going. so that'll always be a big part of my life and i'll We'll continue with that. So we'll try this on the side, you know, and hopefully it takes off and we can balance everything side by side. Same yeah. with Olga. I mean, he's been in the Toy Dolls for, I think they've been going 40 years now. Yeah, so. I think 1979 or something like that was when they started. So that's pretty crazy because I was born in 81. <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy <laughs> to think, you know, he's doing these songs and I'm just crawling around in nappies. 
yeah. he's on. It's, but what's weird is, I mean, you know, I never thought I'd actually meet the guy, let alone have him in my band. Yeah. Um, I remember being a kid and, and, and listening to his music and I, I practically learned to play guitar through listening to his songs. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there in the bedroom and taking one speaker out so I could hear what the guitar was doing to try and figure <laughs> out the chords and, yeah, that was then, back before we could take the individual files out and listen to them individually or just go on YouTube and like look at like karaoke videos and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> it was a real struggle back then, you know, just yeah. um, using library books and just trying to figure things out on my own, you know. Yeah. And um, to, to like um, fast forward 20 years later and he's in my band and I'm telling him what to do in the videos and <laughs> things like that. It's just so surreal. I just, I never thought it would work out like this. But Yeah. And so that's kind of the other thing is like he, I won't say he took a back seat, but he's definitely, he went from playing guitar and basically lead man to playing bass and letting you obviously take lead front and front and center and obviously be the main singer. And he's kind of the backup vocal guy and just the bass player. So not that I said just the bass player, but he's not like, you know, out front doing everything like you are in this band. So how did that come about? Did he, was he just like, I'm happy to do whatever, like, let's give this a shot. Or what was it? What was the conversation like? It was totally intentional. Olga, um, I don't know if you know this about Olga, but he hates singing. He's, <laughs> he's not comfortable being the front man, although he's been doing for 40 years. Yeah. He always said he, um, the toy dolls in the early days, they did have a singer, um, which I think he left before the first gig. So they tossed a coin <laughs> and Olga says he lost. Uh, <laughs> and he's been there ever since. But he never wanted to be the front man. He, he's not comfortable with it. He gets really nervous to this day. He's it's, and he's really happy to take the back seat with this band. That's um, awesome. That was one of the things he discussed. He says, "Lee, it's it's your baby. Do what you want with it. I just want to stand back and play." Nice. And so, how did Martin come about? And do you guys know him from somewhere else, or is he just kind of somebody that you for friends with, or? Martin's a good friend of mine. He's been on the, the local punk circuit forever um, with me and crashed out, um, just digging together, you know, over the years, up and down the country. Um, and he, he drums really exactly how I wanted this project to be, that early sort yeah. of, that 90s sound, you know, on the, all on the hi-hat. And um, it, it was a perfect fit. Yeah, and speaking of that sound, I mean, I think when I when I reviewed you guys' album, uh, it came out, you know, I'm like thinking in my head, as soon as it started, I'm like, this sounds so similar to early Green Day, like Kerplunk and the Smooth Out albums, and a little bit of like Mill and Colin mixed in there, some of that, some of that early Mill and Colin. And then I started looking around after I finished the review, and, and literally everybody else was saying the same thing. Like, if you liked early Green Day, you should like Monkey Mind. And I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that it was like that obvious to other people, but the way that Martin drums, the way that you're playing and singing now, don't get me wrong. You guys at, at what I would call at that level for green day during that time of their, their lives, they weren't as good of musicians as you guys are now. And when you're playing the, the guitar, I still don't think Billy Joe Armstrong is as good of a guitar player as you, but that's a whole different story, but you guys are playing it musically at a much higher level but the, the songs are very reminiscent of that era. Do you feel like that's a fair comparison? Oh, definitely. I knew all this was going to come, you know. I yeah. was expecting it. Um, not in a negative way, because yeah. I do believe we put our own slant on the songs. Um, sure. You know, our own sort of northern Newcastle uh, grit and, and vocal-wise. I know I kind of get compared to Billy Joe with the vocal, but 
I think because a lot of those songs are ingrained in me from being a kid. Yeah. Um, growing up listening to that melodic punk, it's just it kind of just comes out when, when I write. I feel I'm a quite a similar songwriter to uh, Billy Joe, um, and it just that melodic sound it just it cuts through when I when we write these songs and. It's not that intentional to do that, you know, but yeah. as long as we still sound British, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm happy with the comparison. I mean, you know, who wouldn't be happy with being compared to Green Day and all these? these yeah, back when they were good, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love the early stuff. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Latest, so... It's pretty good as well, the later stuff. It's just, you know, it's a little bit different, but they've moved with the times, I suppose. Yeah. So I do obviously have to ask the, the kind of logical question or the obvious question. What was the idea behind starting a brand new band at this stage in your guys' careers? Is it just like, hey, let's let's just try something new? Or is it like, let's see if we can actually put put something together that might actually get some like even bigger legs on it? Or what was the idea there? Um, to be honest, it's always been in the back of my mind. Um, but I've just, I never had the confidence to see it through. And I was always busy with Crashed Out and, my brother's the front man of Crashed Out, so I was mm-hmm. always writing songs that were kind of aggressive and more, you know, like, a, a, I don't know, a motorhead sort of punk style, that direction. Yeah. But I had all this melodic uh, ideas in my head, but I knew it wouldn't suit Crashed Out. It was yeah. just too too poppy. It yeah. wouldn't work. And I never felt like I could sing them either. Um, so I was like, what do I do? Do I try and look for a singer now at this stage? Or should I just go for it and give it a go? Mm-hmm. So I got in the practice room and just me and Martin have just bashed through them and went, listen, this could work. Let's let's give it a shot. Why not? Nice. That's awesome. And obviously you guys have been putting out like singles and stuff for a couple of years as Monkey Mind, but last year was the time, first time you put out the full album. Was it just a matter of waiting for the right time to do that? Or did the pandemic stop you guys from actually getting together and making that album? Or kind of how did it come about that last year was the time that you could actually put that album out? Well, the pandemic, to be honest, it, uh, that was the time that I actually got laid off work. So it gave me all the time in the world to sit at home and write those songs and get them down properly. Because um, the band has never actually stepped foot in the same room, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> you guys are all recording from studios at home then? Yep. Olga yeah. lives in London. Martin doesn't live too far from me, but... <clears throat> The whole album was done separate. Um, I recorded everything in a in the kitchen, to be honest, and in this room here, which nice. is my tattoo studio. Um, I've done all the vocals here. We've done the drums in um, York, Yorkshire, just uh, a couple of hours from here. Yeah. Uh, and then Olga put all the bass in London, and then just mashed it together and and, and got the mix done. You know. Nice. That's awesome. So yeah, that's. One of the things about modern technology that's nice is even when you can't go somewhere, you can still record music and at a very high level because you guys, I would not have expected you to say that like I did most of the recording in my house because the album sounds really, really like well produced. So that's a, it's a very, very good thing that you've been able to do there for yourself. Yeah. The intention was to bring out a, quite a polished album because I'm used to bringing out quite raw, just, you know, live type recording yeah i wanted this one to appeal to a wider audience and be a bit more polished you know yeah see how far we can really take this um but it was all done separate yeah i mean um all that like i say put all the bass down at home in london me here with 
quite cheap recording equipment, to be honest. Mm. I haven't got the best equipment, but the guy um, in York done a, a fantastic job of the mixing and he, he got at that high level, you know. That's awesome. Because at a time when I was listening to them, you know, I'll, I'll go and mention Dookie here, Green Day again, that type of level of in 94, I think it was, when they brought Dookie out. I believe that so. was un, unreachable for, for bands like us. I thought you had to have, you know, thousands upon thousands of pounds to get that type of production. Yeah. But um, I think this day and age, at home, you can get quite close to that now, you know? Yeah. Which I never it, thought would be possible. It might take a little bit more time and, like, more practice than you would want to put in, but it's definitely achievable. It's just you have to get pretty good with, like, the leveling and the mixing and being able to do everything through the, you know, uh, you know, if there's a DAW or whatever you got, like, yeah. it's just, it's a different experience, but like, you know, with the, with the expensive equipment, it's so much easier. You plug in, you play, it's recorded by somebody else and all that stuff, but it's just a little bit more work, but yeah, you can definitely do a pretty good job with, you know, 500 to a thousand dollars worth of equipment. Yeah. You can get close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> technology's caught up. It's great. Yep. Yep. It's a great era. But like I say, during the lockdown, that was, it was, to be honest, it was a blessing for me because yeah. I just sat in that kitchen and I, every song just went down, bang, 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 got perfect. It's awesome. So obviously we talked about Green Day and that kind of influence as well, but what other bands kind of influenced the music for you guys over the years? Because obviously, you know, you guys have been playing for a long time as, as punk bands yourself. So you have peers as well, but then you probably have other international acts that you might have you know, kind of been hooked on for a while, but what kind of uh, what kind of musical influences did you have when you were kind of growing up and, and even to this day? Well, I started playing guitar about I'd say about fourteen years old. Um, just got a guitar randomly for Christmas because couldn't think of anything else to get. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I was just I'll have one of those. Um, and I started tinkering around with it, and um, it was my brother, my older brother, who um, got me into the punk scene and stuff. I used to hear all this music blasting from his bedroom, and it was. It was like um, Stiff Little Fingers, UK Subs, The Damned, The Clash, all those bands. And I just thought, oh, this is great. I, I, I want to try and learn this stuff. It sounds easy, you yeah. know, the four <laughs> chords. And um, and I just give it a try and, you know, just struggling along and trying it out. And it eventually got there and figured out a power chord, which was like the holy grail once you discover that, you know. Yeah, that's every song in a nutshell right there. Yeah, and I, and I thought I can I can reach this, you know I can do this. Um, the bands I couldn't reach, who I loved at the time, was um, and still do, as Iron Maiden, uh, Guns and Roses, um, a lot of those early metal bands, ACDC, big favourite of mine to this day. Yeah. Um, but it was just a little bit out of my reach. It was out of my depth. I couldn't couldn't quite get it. So I started to learn Stiff Little Fingers songs. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was just a power chord and just you could figure it out quick. It wasn't riffs. Um, it wasn't until later on that I, you know, really knuckled down and, and took a few lessons actually later on in life and learned to play some of these maiden songs and the solos and got quite confident with that. So now, fast forward to now, I kind of mash it all together. So I bring some a little bit of Guns N' Roses in there, although it might not seem apparent, but it's there. Um, a little bit of ACDC, and I just mash it together with, you know, the likes of Rancid and all the other bands. And yeah, you know, it's actually like, funny that you mentioned that because I was going to ask you about to ask you about this because you guys are pretty incredible musicians in this band. I even mentioned this to you, I think, through Facebook or through Instagram, something yeah. about like 
you b- being able to play pinch harmonics. I'm like, I still can't play pinch harmonics. You're like throwing them in like they're like, whatever, like, I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I still can't. I try, I get about one every 10 tries, I get a pinch harmonic to work. And I'm like, otherwise it just sounds awful. But you guys actually put what I would say like a prog rock sound or like that glam rock sound into punk rock. So I'm just curious how, how you were able to throw in some of this really technical stuff and still make the overall sound so punk. I was trying to make it tasteful, you know, not over the top as a yeah. fine line between, you know, stepping over into that, that other realm. Um, you hit the nail on the head there, you know, just bringing a bit of glam rock into it just, just slightly, you know, with a couple of pinch yeah. harmonics. But you don't see how many times I was doing those pinch harmonics <laughs> to get the right one. It's like, you know, a hundred times recording over and over again, right, that's the right one. Seriously, in that kitchen... <laughs> Everyone's like in the house is like, oh, I want to stop. <laughs> blink, blink, blink. Like, oh, yeah, that's not it. <laughs> I kind of get it. But here's a little tip for you. Um, Olga's the master at them. I don't know if you've uh, listened to a lot of early toy dolls. I haven't had much, no. When he starts whittling, he's the punk master. He, you know, he really nails it. Very melodic, very catchy, and split harmonics are perfect. Nice. And he uses a. Um, just like Brian May from Queen, he uses a, um, a coin to get the metal against metal so you can get gotcha. a really nice squeal. But he uses a 5p coin, which is a tiny little coin. Yeah. Just pinches it in there. And gotcha. You get them high ones up. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, especially with a lot of like, you know, distortion or something or, or even, you know, you know, just having that refrain. This is like sticks in there and it's like, like back in the yep. year and you're like, that's crazy. But yeah. Um, so let's talk about the album, obviously, because, you know, this is pretty big accomplishment. I thought it was, you know, I think there's like 14 songs or 15 songs, something like that on the album. But um, I want to talk about the overall album and then we'll start with one specific song because you've, you've managed to, as you said, you, you said, I probably had songs that weren't going to fit crashed out. Um, you have some funny songs, you have some drinking songs, you have a whole lot of catchy songs on this album. But the one I want to start with first is the last song in the album, which is called Iceman, because I found it interesting that you'd write a song about Wim Hof and, and his incredible feats. Basically, he's a guy who's known for withstanding ice cold temperatures for extended periods of time. Do you have any connection to him? Or are you just fascinated by him? Or what was the, what was the reason you wrote this song? I'm quite fascinated with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, about four years ago, four or five years ago, um, I kind of stumbled upon him online. Mm-hmm. Um, found his story really interesting. I don't know if you've been down the Wim Hof rabbit hole, but not totally. I've I've done some surface level research. Yeah, I just found it fascinating. You know what he could achieve with a human body. Um, started watching the documentaries, and um, I got this little app on my phone, uh, the Wim Hof method, and thought I'm going to try this. Um, apparently, well, his motto is a cold shower a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a shot. So I started doing like 20-second cold showers um, because I'm quite sluggish on the morning. I find it hard to wake up. And um, I was on, switched on. Soon as I started doing these showers, I thought, this is great. This is kind of have to be your body's being shocked to death. Right? Yeah, it's <laughs> shocked. You know, but if you hold it for long enough, um, you know, it, it, it changes the chemistry in the body. And I'm up to two, three, something, four-minute showers every day now. I never miss them. Wow. Um, it's kind of changed my life, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then when you, I've done a few ice baths and things like that, and I just find it really, um, it, it sort of 
an adrenaline boost, a bit like you know, you have a coffee, it's the same sort of hit. Yeah. Um and I, I'm I'm fully in now. I, I love it. I think it's great. I think everybody should try it and in this present climate with uh, you know, the pandemic and things like that, everybody can benefit from boosting their immune system because yeah. that's what it is. The more you uh, expose yourself to cold, the elements and things, the higher your uh, immune system's gonna be boosted. So it's yeah. a good thing. I think I remember like one time I was in like a spa, like uh, in like Valencia, Spain or something like that. And they're like, here's the hot spa. Here's the steam room. Here's the Scotch shower or something like that. And I was like, what the hell's a Scotch shower? So I get out of the steam room. I go over to the Scotch shower and pull the chain and it's like ice cold water dumping on your head. I was like, did not expect that. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> feels pretty refreshing after a uh, steam though or whatever, but yeah. Oh yeah. I've just done it there. Actually, I've been in the steam room there just before this yeah. interview. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hooked on this stuff. But if, if, I, if you had told me to do this five years ago, I would have run a mile. I would yeah. never have. I hate the cold. But <laughs> you, you never fully get used to it. I can say that. It's always a shock. Yeah. But that's the idea. You're shocking your brain. You're shocking the immune system. And um, everything's just switched on. It sends the, the blood racing around the body. And uh, it's kind of like a workout internally. That's yeah. the way Wim describes it because everything's fired up. And, yeah. Um, it's really good. It's got its benefits. Yeah, I mean, ice, ice obviously reduces inflammation, has all these other side benefits and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, professional athletes get in those ice tubs. I'm like, I don't know how they do that for so long. They sit in there for like 20, 30 minutes after, you know, after a match or something. I'm like, I don't get that. Like, I feel like I'd be hypothermic or something by that point. <laughs> well, Wim, Wim Hof, I think his record's over two hours now. Yeah. Complete ice up to his neck. I mean, this guy can actually alter his immune system. So they um, they, they took him to the lab and they, they you know they put all the stuff on him and they and they tested him for two hours in ice and his his temperature actually went up. Wow! It didn't drop. It can actually influence his immune system, and he believes anybody can do this. In three days, he says he can teach anybody to do this with his breathing techniques, as long as you stick to the method religiously. He says anybody can tap in to deeper parts of the body and the brain and, and you can influence certain parts of your body. And now he, he proved this when he'd done a, um, a test in the lab. I think he took like six people with him who he had taught the method to um, and they injected them all with uh, a, a bacteria, E. coli, I think it was. Yeah. And every one of them managed to disperse it within two hours from the bodies and the wow. rest of the people in this test all got sick, over 100 yeah. people. You know, That's he's crazy. Proven, he's changing science. He's actually changing the books. To me, that's awesome. Now, so yeah, that's that, that's a lot. Lot, you know, it's good that you're this this passionate about it because I, uh, you know, you, you hear the song. You, sometimes people just write songs because they read a read a story about somebody or, you know, hear a watch a movie or something. But to actually go in and study and and kind of follow the methodology, that's that's pretty interesting because, you know, I've I've seen lots of study around cold cold uh, you know cold climate research, whatever you want to call it, where you're putting your immersing yourself in that environment. And yeah. yeah, there's, there's tons of benefits and cold showers has always been something that people say, you know, this helps, you know, not only wake you up, but control inflammation and change some things about your body in the early morning. So pretty cool conversation there. I mean, I don't know too many other people who are talking about, you know, <laughs> ice baths and, and, and cold showers in the morning as a way to, you know, change your body and change your life. So that's pretty oh, cool. Oh yeah. It's great. Give it a try. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I know it's not really a punk rock thing or a, 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 that's why I wrote the song. I mean, I thought this is different. No one's there. You know, I've written a song that I know about Wim Hof and yeah. it's a totally unique subject. Not many people are going to get it, but when it'll hopefully encourage them to uh, seek out who he is and, and maybe they can get onto the method themselves and, yeah. and see the benefits. But I've had some you know, great response from it. Everybody's awesome. uh, positive about it. And Wim Hof himself, I managed to get it through to him eventually. Nice. Um, took some time to get it through. I mean, I was I was kind of spamming all of his Facebook <laughs> pages with the song. And uh, eventually I thought it's going to work its way to Wim. And it did. And, he, and he, he, made, he tweeted about it and made a post and told everybody nice. to check Monkey Mind out. And they've written a song about me. And that was it. So it, it, the YouTube channel just blew up. <laughs> nice. That's very awesome. Yeah, the, the the video, we'll talk about that in just a second. But the video is pretty cool. And you do take one for a team, the team in that as well. But I want to talk about a couple other songs before we get to that. Um, you know, a couple songs on the album are actually a couple out, uh, animal songs are in this album. So Monkey Mind, the song itself, which is also the band name, obviously. And then Buddy Love, A Spaniel's Tale is on the album. So let's talk about Monkey, Monkey Mind real quick because... It seems to imply that we all have some part of our brain that just wants to do whatever the hell it wants. We have to learn how to control it. Is that kind of what the song's about and what the band is kind of representing? I mean, to be honest, when I thought the name Monkey Mine, it was just, it was catchy. I just liked the name. And I wanted to form a band where we could have some kind of a logo, a, a little character to go with it. So Monkey Mine came together. So we didn't kind of look too deep into it, although I know it is... Um, associated with uh, Buddhist, the chattering of the brain. Yeah. So in Buddhist teachings, when they meditate, they say they've got to quiet the monkey mind and yeah. the, the internal chatter. Um, and I just made a humorous song about it. I kept it yeah. lighthearted, to be honest. Yeah. It's not too <laughs> Yeah. And then obviously when we talk about Buddy Love, now this is about, I'm assuming, your dog, right? So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a special yeah. song for me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I mean, this must be a pretty special dog because you know it's it's about you know a faithful faithful life companion, but also frustrating uh, animal that you have to live with. It's uh, definitely lighthearted and sentimental, but it must be a pretty special dog to have a song written about him. <laughs> um, well, I think anybody that's got a spaniel can uh, relate to the the lyrics. Yeah, uh, it's he's a crazy crazy dog. Uh, <laughs> what can I say? It's how, old is, how old is Buddy then? Buddy's or, six now. Okay. So still pretty young. So definitely still spry. Not like, yeah, not like an old dog yet. No, he's just a, a, a wild pup. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I actually, one time, I think probably 12, 13 years ago, I wrote a, uh, wrote a, a poem about my little dachshund, you know, a wiener dog. And I was like, yeah, you're pretty much the pain in the ass. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad I have you because otherwise, you know, it would be I feel like my existence wasn't whole. Now she's old, and now I'm like, man, how are you still alive? <laughs> I mean, they become such a part of the family, don't they? Yeah. yeah. You know, exactly. they are literally another family member, and um, you know, everybody writes love songs about girlfriends and things yeah. like that, so why not um, love for man's best friend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you actually segue right into the next part that I was going to talk about, which is two of my favorite songs in the album, and I like a lot of the songs on this album, don't get me wrong, but two of my favorite ones are probably Get Rid of Them, which has some pretty rad drums in it as well. There's like a nice little 
uh, rad drum breakdown in that. And then the song Local Last, which is what I would consider a classic classic British punk pub song uh, that you could probably sing at any kind of, you know, pub that you're in. But both are obviously about women and relationships. Um, I'm not sure if you're married or single, but I think relationships are probably the most universal theme in music. Do you still have girl problems at this stage or is this something you're writing about from having the experience in the past? Uh, some uh, some songs are just fictional characters, you know, yeah. that anyone can relate to growing up. Um, you know, we've all been there, uh, you know, wanting to get the girl and being blown out, shot down in flames, <laughs> that sort of thing. I think everybody's yeah. had a taste of that. Everyone can relate to it. So a lot of the songs will just come from from being a kid, from being a youth and, um, you know, wanting the, to get the girl and not being able to get hold of her, things like that. Um, and other songs are just kind of, you know, they're made up stories, fictional characters, but still relatable. Yeah. So you don't always have to write about yourself because I know some people, when they write, they write literally like either directly about what their experiences are or they will, you know, write about what they're talking about, but then hide it underneath like some sort of character or something. But you basically are just saying, maybe it's based on some experience you had, but it's not really you. It's it's just like the experience that everyone has. Yeah. I, I like songs where people put the, themselves in the character's shoes. Yeah. You know, and um, a lot of the songs are like that. I'm kind of just teleported into someone else's body and looking through their eyes and, and going through the experience that way. Um, there's some truth in some of the songs, others just literally fictional. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So let's talk about these music videos because you guys actually have some pretty cool music videos. And obviously we did, we talked about Iceman and in that video, you actually are taking one for the team and you're dunking yourself into an ice bath. And I mentioned, I was like, that looks super freaking cold. Like how long do you have to sit in there and, and how many take, how many takes did it take for you to get the one that you wanted? <laughs> to be honest, that was a very awkward moment for me because um, the video guy, um, I don't really know him that well. You know, I've just got to know him through um, through a friend of mine and he agreed to do the whole video. So it was just me and him. And that day I was like, I, I kind of sprung it on him at the end of the day. I went, right, so for the grand finale, um, would you mind coming to my house? I'm, I'm, I'm going to literally take a bath, an ice bath. <laughs> would you be up for that and he, he was like mm, all right he's he's quite a quiet lad anyway and um i think he felt a bit awkward about it but <laughs> i says i'll be in and out as quick as i can just and I, I i told him where to sit you know in the bathroom just get right in the corner crouch down yeah i'm gonna leave the room and just come in and get in that bath and um he sat there waiting and um his face nearly dropped when i walked in and he put me shorts and jumped in the bath <laughs> you know <laughs> You look really shocked, but um, we've done it in one take. That's all I could could manage. I stayed in there for about <laughs> two minutes. Yeah, I was like, oh, "Have you got the shots? Got everything?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's get out <laughs> now. Dry me off, please." <laughs> <laughs> I sent him downstairs to sit with Buddy while I got dried and sorted out. <laughs> so he met Buddy Love. Nice. So. Let's talk about the new one. Uh, it hasn't come out yet. I think it's going to come out in about two weeks, but by the time this airs, I think it'll have come out, which is the Mr. Right, which um, it looks pretty cinematic. You guys are filming, obviously, I think it's, uh, was it South Shields or something like that? You guys are like on the coastline and the cliffs and stuff like that. It looks pretty cinematic. What's the, uh, what's the kind of the, the story behind the, the, the video for that one? The story, um, uh, this is kind of a fictional one, to be honest, but, 
another relatable one for for the youths out there just um basically getting knocked back you know getting shot down in flames by the girl and um the story is a, a play on my name it's you know missed out right spelt with a w yeah my second name's lee lee Wright, and so we'll just change the title instead of it being mr Wright. you know we like to make things a little bit quirky so yeah if you're wondering about that um and the whole storylines about you know you're going to uh meet this going to try and ask this girl out but it happens to be in the supermarket um and you're kind of in the aisles and you're looking around and wondering when's the right time to go out and ask her and you eventually do and she just laughs in your face and just shoots you down in front of everybody you're just devastated and you have to walk home and you're like oh no it's happened again um so it's just that typical story you know but with a humorous element to it yeah um but the video comes out on the 14th of feb so we brought it out on valentine's day to perfect timing go with it yeah um, with the theme of things getting kicked in the teeth on valentine's day <laughs> um it originally was called kicked in the teeth um but such a um pretty a lot, called, a lot of songs called that as well you know in the past yeah. Cliche, so, just so then how did that. the how did the video uh the the production beside behind the video come about did you is this the same person that helped with the Iceman video or is this some somebody else it is yeah um jacob kraken cinematic he's called he's a great lad he just um well it was our idea idea just to get down on the course and do it on the beach you know um in south shields which is not too far from here it's a fantastic coastline um I thought this is perfect. Let's just get down on the seafront. Not many bands have done that around here. And let's just go for it. So got down there early morning, like seven, eight o'clock in the morning. And immediately when we set up, we had an audience. Nice. <laughs> People started coming out the hotels to watch. So it was a <laughs> bit intimidating, to be honest, because there was no amplifiers and no mic set up, obviously. And we're just kind of miming it to this um, boom box. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the sun and um it was a bit crazy that's awesome so now you have mentioned that obviously you guys didn't record anything in the same room but you guys have i think you've at least played one show together if you're not you're i think you're also planning on playing some shows is that right or have you guys had any issues in, in actually playing shows lately we haven't done one rehearsal as a band okay just Nothing. the uh, just the music videos playing against the boom box yeah that's it just miming <laughs> and we don't even know how this is going to sound. It's probably going to be disastrous in real life. <laughs> is this but, something you're uh, planning to do this year, though? Oh, if yeah. We're, we're in talks now. Um, hopefully this month we'll get together as a band. We're going to... Um, but you see, Olga lives 300 miles from me. Yeah. So it's going to be quite awkward. But the way we're working at the moment, me and Martin are getting together local, um, getting the songs as tight as we can without the bass. Yeah. Um, Olga is working at home on the harmonies. He's actually just texted earlier asking what harmonies happen on Buddy Love. So I actually uh, sung some of those bits into the phone for him. I've sent him a message. So he'll get that. And um, it's all done separate. Like you say, everything's done through um, the computer now, sending files back and forth. Yeah. Um, and he's working hard on those, the bass lines and the harmonies. And we're going to get together, I think, in the middle of this month. And, yeah go for it for real and hopefully it sounds good enough to do some shows this year nice 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, it still is amazes me. That there's a couple of softwares out there that say, like, oh, you can jam live with friends and stuff. But then it's like you try to do it and it's like even like a split second off and it sounds horrible and you can't. Oh, it. It's not. I can imagine. I still, um, yeah, lagging and things like that. Yeah. No, we've, we've got to be in the same room. Yeah, yeah I, I still have yet to see anything that actually truly accomplishes what is like, you know, leg free rehearsal or jamming online because I like people's got different speeds of computers too. It's like, it makes no sense. But um, yeah. one day, one day we'll have software where we can do that and actually play, you know, cross, cross time zones and stuff like that, which would be very cool. Oh, yeah. Be yeah. great. So we'll add some links to the site, uh, to your guys' music and stuff like that in the show notes below this episode. But did you have anything else that you want to talk about, plug, or mention before we go today to say to the listeners or anyone who hasn't heard you guys yet? No, I mean, uh, well, I will mention the album. Um, it's available through People of Punk Rock Records, which is based in Canada. Um, if anybody wants to check that out. And obviously, we're, the album's on all the, the uh platforms like streaming platforms spotify and youtube things like that so they can check it out um and we've got a video coming out which is the 14th of feb yeah mr right it's a banger it's a really good one awesome and i know you guys have like a band camp as well so i'll link to all those things as well so um Yeah. yeah i mean guys if you haven't obviously heard of monkey mind before you know listen to lee Listen to all of the things that he talked about today and that we talked about and obviously the awesome conversation we had, but go check out the show notes below for the music because if you like, I mean, if you, if you grew up on punk like I did in the early nineties, mid nineties and late nineties, you're definitely going to like their music. So if you like what you heard on the show, guys, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends on social media. You can also see the full video interview on our YouTube channel as well. If you want to check out some of our written content or any of the products or merch that we have available, please go to poweredbyrock.com to read our absolutely free rocking blog full of album reviews, interviews, and lists to keep you entertained and find our gear as well so you can pick up some items to play and look like a rock legend. That's our show for today. We'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on.